You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Kaylee, and I'm here with my grandma, Kathy, and also Joey. We hope that you are all safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 703, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. This weekend, Mom is on a scrapbooking excursion, so Kaylee will be taking over host responsibilities. We'd just like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of the agents will be glad to help. Just text us at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and we'll be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact us today. Today we will be talking with my grandma about her first trip inside the Disney parks. We're gonna talk through the highs and the lows and what she knows now that she maybe wished she would have known before we went on the trip. And we're hoping to provide a new perspective today as she is an older first time guest and she was very happy to join us. And with that being said, we are now going to jump right in and start asking some questions. So you think you're ready, Grandma? I'm ready. All right. So technically, this is not your first time to Disney World, right? Right. Right. This is just your first time in the parks. So what do you think was the biggest difference from last time? So the Christmas of 2020, we were on Disney property with you. And we took you into like some of the resorts and some of the restaurants on property. And we went to Disney Springs, but we didn't go in any of the parks. So what do you think is the biggest difference now that you've been in the parks versus just on property? I can tell you that I just was overwhelmed uh, in 2020 because I had never seen anything like it before. And we did a lot of really fun things. Like we went around up in the air on the lift the skyliner yeah yeah. i i wasn't sure what you guys called it yeah but anyway because i know we rode trams and we did ride the trams a lot and i thought that was a lot of fun and we got to go inside and have our meals in a couple of the hotels which was really cool but um it seemed quieter and serene 2020 versus 2021 I would agree with you there because when we go in the parks then that's definitely where more of the action is happening and especially compared to the Christmas of 2020 and then Christmas of 2021 more people were definitely traveling between those two years. I think around 2020 people were still being very cautious at the end of that year because COVID was still not even a year old yet. A lot of people didn't travel at all and so I think people who were in the parks probably got huge advantages based on crowds alone. But I still think for going at Christmas time for your first trip, the crowd levels were pretty low. What do you think about the crowds in the parks? I did not feel overwhelmed at all. I mean, sure, we put our mask on because we had to, but even outside we put our mask on pretty much just because uh, the highs were still pretty bad in Florida at the time. And we just felt like it was more cautious to do that, although we were all vaccinated, completely vaccinated when we went. Now, versus Disney Springs the year before, as soon as it got to be nighttime and people did leave the park, we got out of there 
in a hurry because we just didn't want to be in. It was like mass mania. Yes, the getting out of the park is probably the part that's so shocking is just seeing the waves of people leave. You don't realize how many people are actually in the park until everybody's trying to leave at the same time because everybody's so spread out throughout the day. I do remember you saying that, that you were like, there are so many people. Well, when we go to Silverdar City, sometimes at Christmas, it's like that. Yeah, and it, you don't realize how many people there are in a park like that when you're all spread out until mm -hmm. the end when you're all like sardines swimming in the same place. So what was the first magical moment that you remember from this, this trip specifically? What was the first thing you remember being like, I get it. I now understand why people come here all the time. I hate to tell you this, looking at the castle was like the ultimate. It was just like, I started crying. Your mom took a video of me and I was crying, but I, I couldn't even believe I cried. I think as a kid, because I watched uh, the Mickey Mouse Club every week, we absolutely thought that we could just love to go there. But there was absolutely no way we could afford to do something like that. So that was totally out of our realm. Although we did have a cousin that lived in California, we could have went to Disneyland, but that never happened either. So I think I was just like, I'm really here. I cannot believe this. Yeah, that, that was what my mind said. Yeah, and I think if the listeners follow us on Facebook, they probably saw that video. But yeah, that was a pretty big moment for you. I think up until that point, you kind of were just like, yeah, we did this last year. and. I think that was an interesting video too, because that wasn't our first day in the parks either. That was our second day in the parks, mm -hmm. but that was the day that you were, I believe that was our second day in the parks. The Wait, no, no, we went to, we went to Magic Kingdom first, and then we went to two other parks, and then we went to Magic Kingdom. Oh yeah, then. you're right. You're right. Magic Kingdom was our first day. I was confusing it because it wasn't our Christmas day park, which was different right. for us. But yeah, that's definitely, that was a big moment. Just seeing the castle is definitely a magical moment for sure, for most people. And I I even remember that, not, not super vividly, but I remember seeing it at 12, kind of like, that's the thing on TV or the thing you see at the beginning of Disney movies. And it's real, I could go touch it if I wanted to kind of thing. But you don't think of that until you actually see it, like you said. But yeah, I was gonna bring that up if you didn't bring it up, because I was gonna say that was definitely a big one. Well, and then I loved it when we got to see all the fireworks and all the different colors on it later in the day. Yes, that when we beautiful. saw all the projections on the castle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think in a way, maybe you can, maybe you're grateful you got to come now as an adult. I think it would have been cool for you to go as a kid, because that is a different experience and you would have gone with your brothers and different family members than us because we weren't around yet. But I think it's kind of cool because you got to come when all this technology is around. It was so different back then. They didn't do castle projections. They had fireworks, but they were so minimal compared to now. And so did you, did any of that bother you or were you just like, this is so cool? Like the lights didn't bother you or anything? Oh no, I, I love, I love fireworks and bright lights and fun i'm all into it as a matter of fact if i'm not getting ahead of myself the second day that we went i believe was the 30th and i love that day but we were having a ball dancing in the streets listening to all kinds of music from every decade because they were pumping up for the new year yeah and i 
that is like a really special memory. I think that if you go at the end of the year is super special. And I love that you got to have that memory kind of on a pretty open main street because mm -hmm. that's typically super busy. And we don't know if it had to do with the surge that was starting to happen in COVID numbers or what happened, but we definitely all agreed that we felt this trip was less crowded for this time of year compared to previous trips we've been on. We were not packed in like sardines. We were seriously, like grandma just said, dancing up and down Main Street freely. Like we could have done a whole choreographed routine if we wanted to, and we wouldn't have really been impeding anybody's personal space. Right. There were people, but it wasn't like wall to wall people. And so I was glad you got to experience it that way. But that being said, we did see, you got to see fireworks, you got to see lights, but that means we were in the park for long, long amounts of time. And we did rest. We made sure to rest because we've learned if you don't let your body rest, then you can't enjoy yourself because by the end you're just too exhausted. So do you think that we rested enough? Do you think we balanced it enough? Or do you think we did too much resting? Or was it just right? Well, I was really bragging. I gave Vicki the credit. Could have been all four of you talking it over when you were making the plans to go, but I gave Vicki the credit that um, she really knows what she's doing as a travel agent because I will be 70 years old on March 14th. And I had, my leg was hurting me and my knees were bothering me a little bit prior. So I had injections for pain and um, it helped a lot, but it was still, you could tell that I was not up to par and they were saying by the end of the day, I was like dragging along. But she told me that we were walking approximately 14,000 steps a day for eight days. There's no way I do that in my regular routine of life. And also she said, mom, what we did in eight days today, this year, we normally do in nine or 10 days with us. But she said, we do rest between. But she would take you, to go back to the original question, she took the time, okay, now we're gonna go into this theater and see blah, blah, blah. And so I thought that was really great because I was like, man, we get to sit down again? And I thought, well, she really plagued this where I could sit a lot after I had walked say 500 steps or more, you know, or even a thousand steps. And then uh, uh, I think Brad also said, oh, if we go in here, it'll be cooler in here because one of the days was really getting hot. And that was really cool too, to do that. So yes, I feel 100% to answer the question, yes or no. Yes, I thought it was paced well. It was well set up. I thought she did a great job of saying, well, I think mom would like to do this. Na, na, na. And remember, I did say, well, does anybody else want to do something? Because I don't want you to think just because it's my first time that you're going to have to just bow to me. So you said, oh, we're going to go over to the, another park over here on the other side where you wouldn't want to go. So, and that was another thing. You were smart enough to say, no, grandma doesn't like those kind of rides. I'm not, she's not going to do that. Yeah. So it helped. We knew the stuff that you would want to do. And then we thought ahead of time about the stuff that you would, we wanted to make sure you did it. And we tried to sequence it where we went in a circle around the park rather than yes. like we were in one side and then we went to the other side. Because when you have younger people or kids, even like teenagers, doing that kind of stuff is more plausible because we're younger and we can handle that. But even for anybody, if you're doing long days at Disney, you have to like 
you have to really think it out or you're gonna waste all your energy just going back and forth when you could be smarter about it if you can strategize. Now, I wanted the listeners to remember, I think we mentioned that in our trip report and I think they might've gotten it from what you just said, but you didn't use a wheelchair, you didn't use an ECD, like a scooter or anything. You walked the whole thing with us and you even have like fibromyalgia, arthritis, like neopathy, you have all of this stuff and you still manage to keep up. And we even were prepping you mentally, like this is not the kind of walking you think it's gonna be. This is intense walking. We even tell anybody, any of the listeners, you if you can try to go on walks before your trip to prep your body, it's a good idea because if you're somebody who's not active at all, it's really gonna take a toll on you with the amount of food you're eating and how much you're moving and everything else. But do you think with all the preparation we tried to put in your brain, do you think your expectations like of the walking, do you think it was you underestimated how much we'd have to walk? Or do you think you overestimated it once we told you and you were like, well, I know they said it was going to be a lot, but I think I can handle this. Or did it kind of just fall right in the middle where you were like, okay, now that they prepped me, I think this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought that it was reasonable walking. And the one thing I compared it with was we had been at Silver Dollar City at Thanksgiving time, and we go up and down hills, up and down hills, up and down hills. That's the way the mountainous part of Missouri is, where this had some inclines and turns and twists, but we didn't have the issues with up, down, around. Like we look for a shortcut when we're in Silver Dollar City. You you know some shortcuts there. I'm sure we took. The only thing that I thought was the longest, but it was definitely something people need to see, was I am not a Star Wars fan, but I thought that area was awesome. I, I thought, wow, somebody really thought this thing out. But that seemed like that took us the longest to get there. Like I thought we were never gonna get there. It wasn't like I was gonna flip out. I just thought, wow, how long, much longer is this? Yeah, that part of the park is really tucked away to kind of give that whole that whole sense of you're in the Star Wars kind of mm -hmm. universe now, but with that, you have to walk more. And so yes. I think that's good that you mentioned that for listeners who might be traveling with parents or grandparents to know like if they're not gonna be traveling with a wheelchair or an ECV and they wanna see that, then they need to be prepared to walk because it is the furthest back in Hollywood studios from the entrance that you can and get. And then, if I'm not mistaken, that was the night you said, well, if you're gonna ride the trams or the sky lifts, we'll have to go back. But it's as far as we just went and I said, never mind, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Was that we, the night it was? It was, we wanted you to try to ride the Skyliner. We were happy you had gotten to do it the year before because we didn't have an opportunity to do the Skyliner on this trip. And we could have done it, we had some downtime, but it was going to be a trek from the back of the park to the front to ride the Skyliner and come back. And then we were gonna have to enter Hollywood Studios, walk all the way to the back, do our ride and go all the way back to the front again. So you, I think you made a smart choice and we made a good choice as a group to be like, no, not worth it. Like it's gonna hurt our bodies, especially yours. Like we just can't do that. <laughs> now, if you went again, do you think, I mean, I guess your answer could change based on your circumstances. But do you think you would want to get a wheelchair or 
an electric scooter if we went again? Or do you think you'd want to try to do it the way we already did it once? Well, I will base it on how I'm feeling now. I don't think I should, but you know, the doctor is super wanting me to walk anyway. So to him, that was just like an elation that I would even attempt that. They thought it was pretty cool because I could go all over Silver, Silver Dollar City without issues with less loan. They knew how big the parks were because they had all been to the parks and stuff. So at this point, I think I probably should pass on it, but we will know more because I would never go like every other year or even every year because of the price, because the price is very much and there's other things that I like to do too. And that trip probably cost me as much as three times the Branson does. And I usually have a lot of fun in Branson and I already have my ticket when I go to Branson and now I'm already paying for my room when I go to Branson. So, you know, the comparison is very high. So you have to think it through, but I think that if it warrants it, I will definitely take a scooter or a wheelchair. And if it warrants it, I think we would stay on property even though I would pay more money only because we loved our condo, but that's just another deal with finding a place to park, getting unloaded, this, that, and the other thing where the buses and the trams and all that, they take you everywhere you need to go. Otherwise, if you're on property. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think you brought up a good point that we were off property. And so if you had a wheelchair or an ECV, we had to get a vehicle that would accommodate that. And it was already hard enough to get a big vehicle for us to rent for five adults to be traveling in with our luggage, let alone trying to organize getting you like a wheelchair and a scooter. And that's something to consider with families that are traveling with a lot of people. If they stay off property to save money, you have to consider that if you're renting a wheelchair or a scooter that's not from Disney, if you're renting for the week, you have to be able to get it to the park somehow. And that's just another thing that you have to tack on. But again, you have to go based on how whoever you're bringing with you is feeling, because if you don't, that could ruin the entire experience for them. If they really needed a wheelchair or a scooter yeah. and then they didn't have it and they're stuck sitting at the front of the park all day because they can't move. And so that's what we were afraid of with you, but we're happy you were able to move around and do everything for sure. Now the food, the food is the good stuff. That's what, that's half the reason I go. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. That's half the reason I go. Now, this one I thought was interesting because the four of us in our family, we don't have any specific dietary restrictions, but you have recently started eating gluten-free and you like splurge every now and then. It's not like you're allergic to gluten and it's a severe allergy, but you really try to stick to it because your doctor said to. Did you feel like Disney provided you enough options that were gluten-free if you had wanted to stay gluten-free the whole time? Or do you think they need to provide more, like there wasn't enough to pick from? I think they could have more, but I was actually very surprised that there were things. The basic thing about the gluten-free is eggs were great, meats great, vegetables and fruit are great. You gotta stay away from mostly the carbs and then I couldn't, of course, read the content, what was in it. She, her, her remark to me was, we want your sugars lower. So if you do gluten-free, I'm not saying don't eat sugar. I'm saying don't eat extra sugar. So like if it says gluten-free, it will have a sugar a lot of times as the first ingredient, which basically dietarily, you should be the third ingredient or more if you're a diabetic 
where that's what they're trying to push me is to try to keep my A1C down is what the whole thing is. Uh, even if the all you could eat that we had, because they provided a lot of meats and vegetables in there, and I am allowed to have potatoes just in a small amount. I think that I only overdid eating maybe twice the whole time we were there to the part that it took us to walk around a little bit more. So the food really was fantastic um, overall, I would say, but I really did not agree with Joey about the breakfast. I have to say the breakfast that he loved. It was the second breakfast where your mom's friend was at. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was way down into the bottom of the of the place. And you, oh, Boma. You didn't want at to Boma. Eat. You was went it? to the Boma breakfast. Yes, that was the one that I liked much better. And he and, changed his mind since then. He said it might, he thinks it might be beating out the Ohana breakfast. Yes, he did now. say that. He said the one in the evening was much better. And we all totally enjoyed it, but that was why, by far, the most expensive meal I bought because I chose to have an adult drink. And my tip was the holidays, you know, we had to make sure they had good tips. $72 was my meal for me that night. I know they get you like, and you're definitely paying for the experience too, because of like where you're eating and the view you're getting and the high quality, which I will say there's never been a meal we've eaten at that I thought, the food was not high quality in Disney. Mm. Maybe it wasn't our favorite meal, like it, in terms of like, I don't think we'd try it again, but I don't ever think I've thought to myself, like this food is not high quality. They always serve high quality food at least, even if the prices are like, um, I could eat like 10 meals for this at home kind of thing, but yeah, oh, I no. get it. I went to the, I went with there with the idea that this was going to cost and it was my vacation and I had to hear a sermon from my son and a sermon from my daughter that the money was there. I shouldn't be greedy. I should try to have a good time. They said, you're not going to use all this money before you die anyway. So quit worrying about your money. So I thought, well, if I only do this every once in a while, it's not a big deal. It's if I would continually doing it without making more money to replace it. That's the difference. See, I'm not working. I mean, I do work, but not very much, just around for my brother cleaning his house. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying as an overall fact, I would say a normal household could not really afford to go to Disney more than once every 10 years probably, because it's that expensive. Yeah. And by that time, they're all, probably have to double that what they spent the last time, especially if they have, and I do not like it that they don't allow uh, like if you like we, we came in groups of five of course our condo was so very nice but that was through our association that we own but um we need bigger rooms or an accommodating room and they should allow okay these people got five kids or six kids they need more room and we're not going to charge them double or nothing just because they have that many kids that there this was meant to be by disney a fun family family orientated place and it's kind of getting a little out of control with the cash flow thing. Yeah, and we, the listeners have heard it and like you're just echoing everything we've said and I'm sure they're probably like clapping or if they're driving, then they're like whooping in the car because we've all said the same things. Like it's just, we understand it's an enterprise, they need money, but like 
they're starting to sacrifice the core values and beliefs like the whole reason it exists in the first place which is just so sad to think and we're all for like putting in money for something that's going to be super cutting edge and the technology they're using is certainly amazing but you you have to wonder like where is the cutoff for this money flow it's just really sad it but, really is because like i think i'm pretty sure that was at disney springs the year before but when i saw the disney balloons i as a, if i would have been a kid i would be like oh i want that balloon so bad but my my mind the way i weigh things well, am I going to use it or I'm just going to be for fun or what is it? And when you guys told me that those were $25, I like to fall down on the ground. I was like one boom and that's it. It's gone. And I thought that's just not right. A balloon is so cheap to make. There's no way that was worth $25. No way. But they were all over the park. Everybody had them. And my very favorite thing was the thing my grandkids say was a bubble blower. And I, they, uh, they had the little mermaid. And I said, that's the one I would want because she was under the sea. So the bubbles were coming out of her. So I just thought that was, so that was certainly worth $29 more than a balloon for 25. I can, yes, I can see your point there. And I understand <laughs> the joy it brings you. In the moment, you're just frustrated when it attacks your face. Like you're just Absolutely. frustrated. I, I got what you guys meant. Especially when kids, it's not your kid. <laughs> Well, what cracked me up is how the kids were banging them all over the place. I'm saying your parents just paid 30 bucks for that. And you're banging it on the ground. <laughs> well, now we talked about like the dietary restriction portion, but specifically because we had meals at restaurants, but we had snacks too. Because like snacking is a big part of Disney, especially on Christmas Day when we went to Epcot. We didn't do like a sit down meal that day because we ate so many different things in different countries of the showcase. So not just on that day, but through the whole trip, was there a snack or like a couple of snacks that you just remember and you're like, wow, that was so good. Like if I could just have that every now and then, that would be so nice to have that snack again. Uh, the, well, the very first part, um, I think probably around 11 or 11.30, we had all either eaten a bagel or a bowl of cereal before we left early. And we stopped and your dad said, I would really like to have fish and chips. And I said, that sounds good. And Vicki said, yeah. So you and I and her split the fish and chips and I thought they were fantastic. I mean, they were nothing compared, you know, as, as compared, I should say, as Red Lobster, in my opinion. They were like that good or our Landry's. We have Landry's downtown and Landry's in Branson, very high end uh, seafood places. and. I really think for cooking it up in a, right there, you know, on the park thing, it was super good. I agree with you. And I'm not a fish person usually, like I have to be in a real specific mood for it, but I agree. I think I could have gotten just that for myself. I agreed mm -hmm. to split cause I was like, oh, I'll probably eat some of it. We're in Disney, like I'll snack, but it was really good. I had kind of wished I wanted more. I'm glad I didn't cause then I got to eat more of, of, of other things. But yeah, I agree. I think the us eating that as a snack was really good. Um, was there anything else from other parks you remember or even in Epcot that you remember besides the fish and chips getting that you just thought, wow, this is killer? Uh, well, as far as I can remember, the Mexican place we ate at was also in Epcot later in the evening. Yes, correct. And even though um, it was different, we thought it was more authentic Mexican. 
And I thought that was a very fair priced place to eat actually. But um, your mother and father were insisting on paying for several of my meals, which was not part of my deal, but uh, they did. And um, they told me to quit talking about it. So I did. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't remember that we ate in another park except our guests uh, in a hotel that we eat. What was the hotel where we had the all you could eat seafood and all that at? Oh, we went to the Yacht and Beach Club. Mm -hmm. The Yacht and Beach Club. I believe it was Kate May Cafe. And I always mix this up. So mom's going to listen to this later and be like, hey, like, you always mix it up. I think it's in the Beach Club. I think Kate May Cafe is in the Beach Club side, not the Yacht Club side. Um, but we went to that and you experienced it as a table service buffet. It's mm -hmm. now gone back to its traditional buffet style since we left, but it is, you, we experienced it as like a bring the buffet to the table experience. Like more like family style. Yes, like they bring that's what I was looking for, family style. Big pots and big bowls and stuff. And So you liked that meal a lot? I really liked that meal and I really liked paddlefish and Disney Springs, I don't forget the name of that place because I asked to go there this time again. Yes, that was a sec that was a return place for you. I forgot that was the only place we went and it was your second time. And you were like, it still is so good. It the really second is. second time around. Of course, again, fish and they had fish and scallops and shrimp and I don't know what all, but I do want to say that this was a low, a very gluten-free food. The whole thing was advertised as gluten-free, what I purchased which was scallops, but I absolutely have to tell you when they brought the scallops to the table, they were almost the size of silver dollars, maybe not quite, but there were only four. And I looked at that and I was like, seriously, but it was on a bed of like um, creamed cauliflower and it was so good. And then I think we had string beans on the side but the only thing I messed up on that was I had about three or four bites of Joey's dessert at the end. <laughs> but that was a gluten-free diet and it was uh, totally legit. In fact, it was probably lower in calorie too because of what I ate. I would know, bet so, because heavily it was heavily veggie-based and right, like right. meat-based. Now, that was your favorite food. Do, do you have any different answers for what was your favorite experience? when it came to eating, because that's a different thing. Like, yes, I got to go to Chef Mickey's. Ah, so you did like Chef Mickey's the best. We wondered if you would, because you got to see the characters Not there sure, but I think so. It just, it was just, a, it wasn't, I don't know if it was the kid in you or whatever, but it was exciting and fun. And you guys kept sitting there. I kept wondering, they would be popping up behind me and see, like you said, there's no interaction. They just stand behind you. And so you guys would be like, get these looks on your face, like they're right behind you, you know? And um, so I was like, and they just said, and Vicky would just say, smile, mom, just smile. So I would just smile. And uh, I said, I really liked it. I really thought the food was really good. Our waiter was super nice, but um, I was almost irritated at some of the parents though, because they kept telling them, don't touch the characters, don't bother the characters, and they kept letting their kids get up. And then one poor little baby was scared to death of all the characters and she kept crying. So it was like a mix of everything. But as far as if you don't like loudness or silliness, I would not go. But if you're all into family, laughing, cutting up, I would say it's definitely a fun place to go. Yeah, and we were glad you liked it too, because it was our first time at Chef Mickey's too. 
a lot of people were surprised by that. We had just never gotten a reservation there and we'd never really made the time to go. There were just so many other favorites that we always made time for, but we wanted to make sure we went. And it was cool that we all got to do that experience together for the first time, even though we're obviously not first time park goers, but that was all our first time at that restaurant. So I think that was special too, to experience all of us as a first together. Well, now the other thing was that restaurant that I talked about, the high dollar one. That was yes. Ohana. That was Ohana's Ohana. dinner. That is my favorite. That was my favorite meal of all the meals we ate. Even, I'm glad. Even though I love paddlefish, and even though I really like the uh, seafood meal, uh, all you could eat, uh, that probably was my best. So you heard it here, folks. Joey's not lying. It's good. Yep. Ugh. So now we've talked about food a lot. We always do that but rides so you did get on a good amount of rides and you said we even took you in theater things because we know you love musicals and you love experience things like that too there are definitely some people who go to the parks that are not musical people they're not theater people so they just hit the rides really hard but we wanted to splice in some of the more musical things where we could sit kind of like you said and rest at the same time were there any rides that you remember that you just thought either were cute or you're like, oh, I love this. And then on the other side, were there any that you're like, uh, I think I would avoid doing this because it either will hurt my body or it just was not my favorite. The one that I was uh, impressed with a lot, I think that was Epcot Center because I want to say that we were going from the, fir from the now to the future. Oh, the, in the orb? Didn't we go through like a cave and you saw every area of every generation or yes. whatever? So you're talking about Spaceship Earth. So yeah. When we're I kind of really, ball. I really kind of like that one a lot. In fact, I have to tell the viewers that Epcot was something I thought, I don't think I'm going to like this. And I actually have to tell you that it was not my favorite park, but it was definitely up to the very top. I really am having a hard time picking a favorite park. Yeah, it does that to you, where you think you know, and then you remember something, and you're like, well, maybe not. Well, I mean, it just, it was interesting, and um, the one ride we took that, uh, I guess, I kept wanting to go on was because Brad went on, it was the people, the people mover. People mover, yeah. And the thing that is funny that I thought, now this is a clue for older people and people with kids with handicap I think they stopped it for the handicap the kids had to get me used to being instead of being an escalator it was kind of everything rolled like an escalator only there were no stairs uh, the moving and then we had to like jump inside the each thing and I'm like well here I am with these big old legs and feet and trying to jump in these places and it was not funny yeah but I did finally get the hang of that and um I kind of like your um, Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah. But the, but the guy really, really scared me in the hallway because we were just about ready to go in. And then he like walked up and was right in my face, just like that guy did at Silver Dollar City when he was dressed like a scarecrow one time. And uh, I guess I'm too gullible. I don't know, but it scared me. And then we went on in and that was pretty neat. And I think, I think Brad really kind of likes that ride too. Um, I do not like anything fast and dipping now. The one that we went into for Star Wars, uh, the line really went a lot faster than you said they were going to, mm -hmm. or you thought they were going to, it was the estimate. But um, I thought it was really cool. 
but I think I was getting really hungry and I got a little sick right before we finished and I had, don't think it had anything to do with the action or the motions. But I thought anybody that is really into Star Wars really needs to ride that ride because yeah. that was like a full force of it. You're talking about Smuggler's Run. Right. Because Joey went to another one, didn't he? he? Joey did Rise of the Resistance. He skipped out on the Cape May Cafe reservation right. to do that. And we all rode Smuggler's Run before we headed over for that. And mm -hmm. I, I am glad you brought that up because it might be worth it for somebody to get on there if they want to take some motion sickness medicine, make sure that they eat well before they ride it, or like maybe not right before, but a couple hours before, make sure they got food in their stomach and try to experience it because it is cool. Like just insane how they can make you feel like you're really on something that's moving like that, just with screens and tilting motions. It's crazy that they can do that. And you were a little goofy when you got off. Well, now the one uh, ride to, I believe, okay, so we had to rush kind of fast because Joey had not remembered his watch the one day. Oh, yeah. And um, I believe that was Epcot Center. It was. And, and by the time we got in there, you guys took me on the one ride where uh, they flashed the world all around you. stopped at different parts of the countries. Yeah, it was soaring. That was really a neat one. But we were really worried about me because I think what happened was I got car sick mm. and then we start walking real fast and then I got dizzy before we ever got in there. And I'm like, oh, this is just not going to be so great. But then you said, you're perfectly safe. You're going to be all belted in. And it was just, that was really cool. Yeah. But now I have been in a lot of places where they spin things. That's not good for me, even when I'm on a good day. But um, that was neat. It was neat, and I would like to do that again. And, you know, pretty much everything that you guys picked for me, I think the Indiana Jones, that was just as about as cool as watching one of their movies. It really was neat to see how they had the meat and bones of what they do. Yeah, getting to see, like, them play out the whole sequence and, like, this is how we film action sequences. They're choreographed. And then they show you just like all the stuff that they have to cue, which I remember the first time we saw that. And it's kind of sad because I feel like in some ways, mine and Joey's generation is a little dulled to that. Younger kids would find it super fun. But I think because technology is so great, we're kind of just like, yeah, like obviously they have to do all that. Like it makes sense. But for older people, like that's still so mind blowing because so much has changed in you guys' lifetimes for technology that you're just like, what, <laughs> they can do that kind of thing. And you almost have the innocence of a child still. And it makes me sad because I don't think we're gonna have that when we get older. I'm sure we will about new things, but just like, I wonder how much it'll last because technology is advancing so fast. Boy, has that, and that is nothing compared, I'm sure to our grandparents, you know, my grandparents taking the phones and cranking them up and all that stuff. So for us to have these cell phones and like you guys have got this all set up like a business meeting just to do this podcast. That's true. We just want to give the listeners some good content. Now, kind of our like closing remarks, my last thing, and I'm sure the listeners can probably gauge your answer based on what we've talked about. But for people from your generation, would you recommend going to Disney? Even if you're considered like a senior citizen, would you consider 
them going to Disney. Maybe not for everybody, but if people your age are asking themselves like, well, I'm kind of old, like, should I really be going to Disney even if I don't have like grandkids? Or like, could I just go with friends that are my age kind of thing? What would you answer for them? I'd say if you like uh, the Disney uh, characters and the idea of a fun park or even a relaxation area, like maybe watching one of the shows or whatever, I definitely recommend it because I cannot see that you'd be any more tired than you would be if you would just say like take a trip to England and walked around and look at ruins and, and uh, you know, different churches and cathedrals and things like that. So I would say yes, I would recommend it. And like I said, I will be 70 in about a week and a half. So I feel that I'm, a, a, I'm told by my grandkids, I don't particularly look young, but they think I do, but um, I am told by my grandkids over and over, oh, you're the age my, uh, my friend's parents were. Well, that's beside the point. I always felt like I tried to stay active because if I stay active, I'll feel better longer. And as they always say, move it or lose it. And that's really what you should be, move it or lose it. Because if you sit too much and do too much, it's boring. And why not try Disney for something different? I have friends that live in a Florida area down there that's an hour away. They have four or five of their friends belong to their to the Disney. It's DVC members. That's it. And they go, they go there at least once a month and sometimes more than that. And none of them bring any kids. They have brought nieces and nephews that are older, but none of them have brought kids with them. So every time I see pictures of them, it's all a bunch of people my age and older just having a good time. Thank you for joining us today, Grandma, and sharing your first time experience in the Disney park. Now, if any listeners out there are interested in being a guest on our show, or you have a question or a comment, email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com, or you can text us at 636 395-0544. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, you can text us at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 refundable deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as the Your Story Travel gang dishes out the latest rumors and news. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, I think it's about that time. Pixie dust. No case. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>